Hey ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast episode 58. Uh, as always, I'm joined by Dom. Yahoo! And uh, no Jordan this week, but we do have a special guest, Ian. Welcome back, Ian. Hi. Thanks. It's been, a, it's been a while since you've been on. Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, got a lot of Souls-related news, so it's it's fitting <laughs> that you're awesome. here. Yeah. Um, as always, we start the podcast by talking about what we've recently recently been playing. It's been a really weird week for me again. I haven't really played anything new. I've been just playing like a bunch of older stuff. I kind of, I don't know uh, if if the Easy Allies guys do this, Ian, where like if a new game's about to come out and they have to review and they have to get to playing it, you're kind of in this weird middle section of like you don't want to start anything new, you know, because you don't want to be committed to that oh, if you're yeah. going to have to review a game. It's like Prey's coming out, and obviously Bethesda doesn't send out early codes uh, for the most part. So like I'm just waiting on Prey, so I didn't want to start anything new or anything like that. So... I've actually just been doing some Dark Souls 3 achievement cleanup. Um, some of those achievements are really tough, like getting all the rings uh, and all that stuff. It's multiple playthroughs and different locations, mm. stuff like that. I mentioned last week I've been playing Fallout Shelter again. I played it when oh. it initially came out, like a while back. And uh, I booted it up on my Xbox One just to check it out. And it's amazing how much that game has evolved. I don't know how recently or if you played Fallout Shelter at all. Um, but man, that game has changed a lot. So at first it was a very mobile gamey, like, you know, touch to move uh, management game. Now they added the ability to have characters go out on quests, um, and you actually get a, you know, there's some RPG elements in it where you get to equip them with certain stuff, and you get to choose how they go about um, exploring these buildings. And it's very much in the vein of Fallout, so it keeps true to that. And I'm just having a blast with that, playing it here and there. Um, and then I've also been playing Smite quite a bit, which is a third-person hmm. MOBA. Um, it's, it's. I would say it's the third biggest MOBA out there. It's obviously it's Dota and then League, and I, I would say Smite's up there. Like they make quite a bit of money on esports and stuff like that. It's fun. I love mythology. That's what that game's completely centered around is the different pantheons, uh, Celtic and Roman and Greek and all that stuff. So I've just been playing that, having a good time. Looking forward to playing Prey and reviewing that and checking it out. But it's pretty much it for me. Pretty slow, pretty weird week. So what have you guys been playing? Uh, I can go. Uh, I was playing... Uh, I'm, I've beaten Breath of the Wild, but I'm trying to get the rest of the shrines. I think I've got 23 left. Um, that's pretty good yeah and I'm not I'm trying not to use any guides or anything I've looked at a couple after I've already found a thing and I've exhausted all my options so that I could think of and I'm like what am I missing and then I look it up and it's like you have to do this completely unrelated quest and then the thing will move on yeah. and I'm like what that's I would have not realized to do that but okay yeah. uh, there was one uh, you have to you know it's in the desert and the, the Gerudo woman is you know laying on the, the little panel to get in and she wants some kind of drink and it tells you the name of the drink but i have no idea oh yeah what ingredients i need to make it so i don't even know you have yeah you have to go to the you have to go to the little tavern after talking to her someone tells uh, me okay heroic pursuit i think it's called noble pursuit. yeah yeah um yeah it you go there and talk to her and then it's a whole thing with ice and stuff uh and then uh so I've been playing that. I've been playing a little Puyo Puyo Tetris. Ooh. I've been playing a little Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um, but mostly I've been playing near Automata. Um, and that's how I'm going to pronounce it, because that's how that word is pronounced. <laughs> uh, uh, and I love that game, kind of. It's pretty crazy. I'm, I don't know how much I should say, but I'm on the third ending i guess third playthrough uh you know that game is structured pretty strangely so isn't there that's lots of different endings or something yeah except there i mean i don't really want to spoil it exactly but yeah there are there are uh five i think okay. uh mainline ones and i think a bunch of joke ones maybe <laughs> i got one joke ending uh that was pretty funny uh, and pretty weird, um, kind of accidentally, just because I didn't know what I was doing, but, um, yeah, I've been playing that, I put, I put Persona 5 aside so I could try to, I was like, a bunch of people are telling me to play Nier, I'll just real quick play Nier, you know, thinking, <laughs> for oh, some reason quick. I thought it was, yeah, yeah, for some reason I thought, I like, oh, eight, ten hour game, whatever, uh, I'm like 25 hours in right now, and apparently I'm like halfway, 
um, maybe a little over halfway. But yeah, I'm 15 hours into Persona 5, and maybe I'll finish that game someday, but I'm not really holding my breath. I like it, but oh man, it's just so long. Ugh. Every time I hear about that game, it's like, oh, I'm 60 hours in, I'm 40 hours yeah. in, I'm 70 hours in. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I'm, I'm 15 hours in, one five hours in, and I feel like uh, the game just started, basically. Like, I, I just now am starting to care about the characters and, like, the hook. The hooks are in me now, you know? Yeah. Whereas, like, for the first 10, I was like, I don't care about anyone, really. Uh, but now I'm like, oh yeah. And I think apparently a lot of the like best characters you don't even meet until way later. That's way, crazy way though. Later. Like that's definitely a sign of us being older because if, when I was yeah. younger, if you told me I could get a game that I could play for upwards of a hundred to 200 hours, I'd be like, that's awesome. You know, cause like right. when you're younger, you don't have a lot of expendable income. You can't buy a lot of games. So it's like, yeah. you want a game to last as long as possible. And but now time. we're older, we have expendable income. We're like, I don't have time to finish that. I need to get onto other things. You, it's really funny. You know, yeah, you you have nothing but time and you haven't begun to feel the passage of time yet. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, yeah, all my favorite games from my youth, like Suikoden and, you know, like all these massive RPGs. Like, I beat... Final Fantasy X, like, three times. Oh, and wow. And 10-2, you know? Like, <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII, like, all... I was playing everything, you know? And, you know, it's just, like... You just do not have that time anymore. Because... And, you know, I'm playing Persona 5 on easy, just because I'm <laughs> like, I... If I finish this at all, I'll be astonished with myself. Yeah. But I do not have the time to do anything in this game more than one time. <laughs> You know, and like these games are notorious for sudden and unexpected uh, difficulty spikes. You know, like I, in Persona 4, I was playing a normal, and if I was 14, I would have been like, great, <laughs> let's grind it out, let's do this, you yeah. know? But I got to a dungeon where I was just like, suddenly normal enemies could one shot my entire party, and I was like, when did this start happening? Like, I didn't have any money, I was like, what happened? How am I so bad at this all of a sudden? Like, yeah, so, just ain't no time. Did you play the first Nier? No. No. Do you need to uh, for Automata? Uh, Automata? Tomato? Uh, yeah. Uh, ben says uh, that you don't need it. Uh, like, And I can attest, Like, I have. there's not been a single moment where something has happened in this and I'm like, what does that mean? What's going on? Yeah. It's, it's so far, it's so far been, you know, nothing. I know that, I know for a fact that there have been references but they're made in a way that if you're gonna get them, you'll get them. Otherwise, they don't have any other significance to you, but they still make sense within the world of your narrative here. You know, like I know I met a character that apparently is in the other one. I just didn't know that, but it doesn't matter to me, you know? Yeah. Um, so I mean, like, I'm certain that I'm missing out on some kind of like context stuff or like Maybe some things have deeper meaning that I'm just glossing over, but I don't. I don't have the feeling like I'm missing out at all. I when people do it like that, I think it's the best because if you have played the first one, it gives you a lot of of good feeling, right? But like somebody like you yeah. who just jumped in, it's like, well, it's not taking me out of the game, but I know that there's some stuff that I could probably understand more. Like I think that's a hard line to walk, um, but it's really yeah. impressive when people do that. Well, and given given my knowledge of myself. Uh, and what I know of near one, if I'd played one, I likely would never have played this one because okay. uh, I've heard that the, the gameplay is much less polished in the first one. And that's generally something that I don't abide for very long and then stop playing. Uh, gameplay is yeah. king. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Dom, you've been playing Horizon and Zelda. Has that changed at all? Uh, so this week I actually didn't even get back to Zelda. Um, I, I did Blasphemy. get a little... <laughs> yeah, no, like I said, I'm I'm trying to space it out. Um, still have one more one more divine beast to go through. Um, still about sixty shrines left, um, and I haven't actually even beat the game yet either. So uh, at one point, you know, I, I'm just I'll, I'll beat it, but I just kind of want to let it let it ride. Um, there's not much else on Switch that um, that will really replace that for me right now. So I'm just gonna let that hang out until until Odyssey comes out. So. I did, however, get a little bit more time into Sultan Sanctuary on Vita, which is, oh. like I said last week, since they put out that patch, working a whole lot better now. No more crashes. That's so good. Still enjoying that. Um, Horizon, though. I, I like that game. Yeah, yeah, no. Sultan Sanctuary is 
fantastic. Um, I, th I think I got to the final boss, but then something came out and I haven't gone back yet to go play it again. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's great on Vita. Um, it had some issues, but like I said, they fixed they fixed it seemingly so far. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, that team is cool. I listened to a talk they gave at GDC. Hmm. Yeah, it's cool that it's just the two of them. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, I'm loving that game. So I'm about <laughs> halfway through. Um, so otherwise, uh, I probably put at least 10 hours of, of time into Horizon this past week. I'm all the way up until the very last uh, main mission, and I kind of just stopped. Um, went back, and I'm going through all the side stuff. Um, I just have a couple more hunting grounds to finish up. Um, and I'm th pretty sure I've done all the side quests that I know of. Gotten all the collectibles. Um, just have to clean up a couple more trophies, and then I'll go through that last mission, and then... Basically, I'm setting myself up so when I beat the game, the platinum also pops. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think that'll be nice. Um, don't you think? I have a quick question for you, and this is about like design-wise because I've thought about this. Would you be for or against this trend starting where towards the end of the game they clearly let you know in like a pop-up or something? Obviously, when it's not intrusive to like the narrative or anything, like where they're like, "Hey, you can do stuff after the final boss." Because, like, a lot of times that's not clear. You have to, like, go online, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you have to do the thing, like you said, where you pause, and then you make sure you do everything else. And it's like, I really wish it was more clear with games of, like, no, the world, you can explore the world after you're done beating the game, or no, it's, you know, no going back. It starts a new game. You know? So I only knew the way Horizon works because I've heard other people talk about it, so I haven't even started that last okay. mission. I'm not sure how it plays out, but from what I understand, you can beat the game, and then basically you'll just go back to your last save. Um, okay. Yeah, that's how Zelda. That's how Zelda works. Yeah. I'm not sure right. if you keep, you know, the XP you earn from the last mission. I don't know. But... With, with Zelda, it has a little star, and like, oh. like I took a photograph of the final boss, and I still had it. So like, it's like it happened, but it didn't happen yet narratively. But yeah, to answer your question, I do. I I appreciate you know when they're clear about things like that, especially recently because I've become a trophy whore when it, you know. If you're gonna lose out on trophies and have to play the whole game again after you beat it type of thing uh, you know like which is dark souls is infamous for that kind of stuff where you know you miss an npc quest because you did one thing you know you progressed you know one boss too far and now you have to play the whole game over again to get that trophy i, I like a tongue right i like that you know because that's that's what makes dark souls unique like they're not going to tell you everything but it's also frustrating so but um just different different strokes i guess so other than Horizon, um, I probably put, you know, six, seven hours into Mario Kart 8. Uh, me and my wife have just been playing that pretty nonstop. I get home from work and we play um, almost cool. every yeah, almost every night since it's come out. So that's that's been a lot of fun. And, you know, we've never really played any games together. So any video games, at least. So it's been really fun. Um, I mean, it's a good, you know, it's, frankly, it's good for our relationship. I know it sounds cheesy, <laughs> but um, yeah. It's something else we can do together instead of, uh, you know, sitting and watching Netflix and sitting on our phones in the evenings, I guess. So loving that game. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll have a chance later in one of the topics to, to debate this. But in my opinion, I think Mario Kart as a series is probably the best couch co-op game, at least that I've experienced. But we'll get into that a little bit later. So that's what I've been playing. Can, can I ask you a question real quick? What uh, controller scheme Ooh, do you both use? I'm glad you brought that up. Do you both have pro controllers or is one of you on the... Joy-Con grip or something? Nope. So I'm glad you brought this up because I want to say it. Um, we've just been using single Joy-Cons each. So the I baby controllers? Whoa. Yeah. Wow. So I haven't. <laughs> I never bought any extra controllers. I was. I figured let's just try it. You know, when Mario Kart comes out, we'll try to use these and see how it is. And if it's just dreadful, I'll buy another set or a pro controller, whatever. Yeah. And with the little, you know, the grip slide thing on, I I've had no issues. Um, yeah. Now I don't have. I'm one of the chains, lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones. My left Joy-Con sucks, but uh, oh, that sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, it like it like I was using it. You know, I let my friend use the Pro controller, which I love, by the way. But uh, and like there would be parts where I would just like suddenly be driving straight left, and I just couldn't do anything for a second, and then you know I fall off the side, and I'm like, well, now I'm in ninth. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm lucky then. I haven't had that issue, and I'll probably buy another set of Joy Cons. Um, just you yeah. know, in case we have, because now then if we had you know. Uh, two friends come over, then you know four people can play, um, or yeah. you know just yeah. me and her can use uh, a set of Joy Cons each, I guess. 
you know, there's lots of options with this, which is pretty cool, I think. But like yeah. Mario Kart is absolutely fantastic. Um, it's been a while since I played one, so loving getting back into that. Nostalgia. I really like it. Too. It's good that yeah. you guys started playing games together on Mario Kart and didn't start with Overcooked. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Could have Overcooked different. is so funny. Yeah. Because like Jones and and his wife play. Uh, Amanda, they play Overcooked and they just love it. And like, that game is too stressful for me. I like playing Snipper Clips with someone else. Oh, that's I want to try that one. There's, there's no. Uh, did you say you have to try it or you? I have want to. to yeah. Oh, it's it's glorious and it's great because you solve puzzles and there's no time constraint. Mm. Oh, nice. So, it just feels kind of chill. You don't have that stress uh, on each other. It's great. So there's like no fail state. Um, yeah, I mean, not really. That's um, cool. If you screw up a puzzle, you can really quickly just start it over. And, like, thinking back, yeah, they have reset buttons in every level. So, fail state, you never have to, like, quit out of a level and go back. They have it set. You can reset it in level without a load. So, there's yeah. There's, there's probably a direct correlation between what game a couple can play successfully together and the time they've been together or their communication with one another, you know, between yeah. Overcooked or Mario Kart or Snipper Clips, like, you gotta choose the right one because you don't want it to go, you don't want to go sour. Yeah. I, I just it's won't really test funny. it. <laughs> uh, that's great that you're enjoying Mario Kart. Like, hearing the whole Joy-Con thing sucks. For me, that's why I've kind of held off on a Switch. I'm getting one by the fall because I have to have one for Odyssey, right? I have to play Odyssey. And I want to play yeah. Zelda, but like, Zelda is a franchise I play and I enjoy, but it's for me, Super Mario Odyssey going back to the 64 roots, like that's a whole nother level. And there's a ton of games I want to play on the Switch. It's just I can't justify to myself right now to pick one up yet. You know, as hard as it is, I, it's an inner I will, struggle every day. I will say this because I've only beaten Twilight Princess and Breath of the Wild, and uh, you know I love all the Mario games too. But uh, I love my Switch, even even with the crappy Joy-Con. I think it's a great system. Playing Breath of the Wild on a plane is like <laughs> next next level, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's what? it's such a cool little thing, you know. And like if you have someone else, like my roommate also has a Switch, you know. And there were moments where one of us is playing Breath of the Wild on the projector, and the other one is laying on the couch, you know, on the other side playing it on their Switch handheld. And it's like just crazy that you can, you know play both be playing two versions of the same it takes me back to like high school when my friend and i had two tvs in the basement oh, yeah. playing final fantasy 10 2 next to each other or whatever it was drinking capri sun and getting <laughs> sick yeah i definitely think that this uh, you know switch is going to be eons more successful than the wii u and i'm excited oh, to get one like, already yeah exactly we were talking about like when the wii u came out even the wii i didn't buy a wii the, it was successful obviously in terms of sales numbers but like yeah. I always buy Nintendo handhelds because I think they're always go-tos, right? Um, for the most part, anyways. And You're going to buy Switch, the new 2DX, 2DS XL? Yeah, well, yeah. I have the 3DS, but yeah. Um, it's, it's the best merger for Nintendo, and I think it's super smart. For me, though, it's just like... I'm just waiting because I'm, kind of, I'm kind of cheap sometimes, and I want to wait for a better bundle or deal, you know? So yeah. that's kind of what I'm waiting for. I'm willing to uh, to wait for that. And But I'm excited to get my hands on one. Like, I really want one. Also, I'm waiting to see if there's different color schemes for Joy-Cons and stuff like that, too. Cause I'm, uh, I kind of want to see what they have available there. Um, yeah. As far Arms as is getting green ones or, like, greeny, yellowy, neon uh, yeah. ones. Yeah, like highlighter. Those look really interesting. Yeah, they're crazy. So that's it for what we've been playing. Let's hop into the news now. A couple of news stories here. Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, so Darksiders 3 was announced this week. Uh, it was first leaked, and then about an hour later, IGN, I think, broke the story. They were supposed to have the exclusive, but it leaked. Uh, Darksiders 3 is interesting. Uh, it's an open-world action-adventure game. It's from Gunfire Games, um, and uh, it's about Fury, uh, who's the third of the four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and it's being published by THQ Nordic. Really interesting. They showed some short gameplay stuff. I personally have never played the first two Darksider games. I think, Ian, you said you haven't either. Dom, I'm not sure yeah, if, you're, correct. if you have experience with Darksiders. Nope. <laughs> None. The first two games didn't care. They were a hack and slash, button mashy kind of games. Uh, they were. It was originally, the first two Darksiders were developed by Vigil Games. 
Gunfire Games, the new studio that's working on Darksiders 3, is comprised of a lot of those guys. THQ Nordic yeah. actually brought on a lot of those guys, the producer, one of the leads. And uh, so it's going to have the same Darksiders feel for the most part. The thing that gets me excited is it seems, and I, this is like a trend that's going on, and I hate to keep bringing this up, but this game looks like it's inspired from uh, by From Software um, it, to some capacity. It seems like the combat's a little bit better. It's not as... I don't, I don't want to say lazy, more like sloppy combat. One of the things when I saw the first two Darksiders, well, the hack and slash, it just seemed like it oh. was just... Uh, <laughs> the combat's better than the previous two Darksiders, you mean? Yeah, did I say Dark Souls? Sorry For a about second that. I was like... No, no, was like, oh, yeah, oh. sorry about that. Sorry oh, about that. There. I misspoke. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so it looks interesting. I think having a female protagonist is cool. Uh, this character's actually been known about... The story is a lot more interesting than I thought. I don't want to go into too much because if people want to go back and play it with the announcement of this, I don't want to spoil it for them. Um, but it's pretty interesting. She's the sister of the main character in the first game, so that's pretty cool. Um, I'm down whenever a game has strong female protagonists and they're also good games. Like Horizon is an excellent example of that. I think diversity in games is cool. And uh, this game piques my interest. Like I had no no interest in the first two, but depending on when we see more and what's going down exactly i might come around to playing this game i don't know how you guys feel about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) it still doesn't scratch that itch yeah (sighs) yeah i don't know something about it it just never looked appealing to me not really fair judgment i guess but i just never i'll I'll look you know i'll keep an eye on it (laughs) yeah yeah I mean, if it came out and, like, all the other guys, like, all the other Easy Allies guys are, like, going bonkers for it. Yeah. And, like, and then, like, five people tweet at me. They're like, oh, my God, you're going to love it. Like, that's what happened to me with Nier Automata. Like, I wasn't going to play it because it looks not, like, I'm not interested. And then uh, now I kind of really enjoy it. So you never know. But, yeah, I'm not likely to play it. Right. Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. If this, if Darksiders has three games and we never get a Bayonetta 3, it's going to be... A really interesting landscape. Um, the next story here is, is pretty cool as well. Uh, this also comes by way of IGN. It basically Not talks cool. about how uh, Remedy, uh, the guys behind Quantum Break, Alan Wake, two of my favorite games of all time. Um, Quantum Break, I wouldn't say, is one of my favorite games of all time, but it, it's a game I enjoyed on Xbox One. Uh, also, Max Payne. They've actually partnered with uh, 505 Games, the publisher. Really interesting. Uh, they announced in a press release uh, it's going to be multi-platform, so no longer are they making Xbox exclusives. Um, and it states that it's featuring an intriguing story and a game structure offering a long-lasting experience. So pretty that pretty much doesn't say anything. Um, the, the project's Or it's a roguelike free-to-play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and the project's actually called P7. I think it's their seventh project. Uh, that's why it's P7. It contains the deepest game mechanics yet in a Remedy game. Um, I'm excited for this. I think that... It's cool to see a company see how good Remedy games are. Remedy was seem like seem like they're going more independent and they wanted to pick up a publisher. And I think 505 Games understands that they make quality products. Alan Wake was a phenomenal game. Um, uh, Alan Wake American Nightmare, which was like the DLC standalone sequel-y kind of thing, was also really good. And then Quantum Break was a good game. I think... Um, it got underrated and it got kind of forgotten because of the TV mixture stuff. And I don't think that stuff was done great, but it wasn't bad. The gameplay itself was phenomenal. Like the time powers, time shifting, being able to manipulate the environments and everything like that. Very solid game, very well polished game. It just was real unfortunate that <clears throat> it got mixed into like being, oh, it's a TV video game thing. It's not really worth it, you know. Um, and I really think it's one of, if not the like, premier xbox one exclusive i think it's better than any of the halo games that have come out or gears games though i haven't played gears 4 so it's kind of i can't really say that but i love quantum break a lot and i'm excited to see what remedy does because i think they're a very underappreciated studio i would have preferred another alan wake i love that game i know <laughs> i'm sure whatever yeah. else they're doing now is, is going to be cool but uh, alan wake. I'm also not sure if they own the rights to Alan Wake or if Microsoft does. I'd have to look into that. I'm That's not too sure. Good question. Mm-hmm. But they said this is an all-new IP, so it's not Alan Wake, but in the future, I wonder if they can go back to that. Um, but it's really cool. Happy for Remedy Games. Those guys make really quality products. Uh, next story here, Code Vein. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They had the big unveil where they had the teaser animated trailer where, with this really cool art style, and then it ended with hashtag prepare to dine. And we, we were talking about, like, 
Does that mean it's God Eater? Does that mean it's like a vampire game? And we were kind of right. Um, it's by the guys who developed God Eater. Uh, it's, I guess a lot of people are describing it as what anime Dark Souls is the best way to, best one-liner elevator pitch, I guess. Mm. Um, to me, it looks a lot, you know, anime Dark Souls with the combat more, more like Bloodborne, I think. It looked faster, right? It looks faster, yeah. It, the problem I had with the trailer was the, the anime style kind of, kind of jarred me a little bit because the enemies didn't look. Yeah super anime yeah. like like the enemies the, the enemies looked uh cg and then when they cut to the the face of the player character yeah. i was like whoa <laughs> it was weird a movie or something like what and i was like they don't look like they go together at all it was very weird and i thought that the combat looked like it didn't have a lot of like the hits didn't feel impactful yeah they just kind of like sliced right through the enemies mm. and i mean yeah it's early gameplay stuff if it was even gameplay like who knows uh so I'm sure that they can they can uh, sweeten that up later before the game comes out. But yeah, I don't know. I was about it. I mean, obviously, prepare to die. And I thought was a really weird, <laughs> not not great thing because they're like so directly drawing the comparison to Dark Souls. It's like yeah. why? But uh, uh, they're just like piggybacking off the popularity, mm -hmm. I guess. But um, yeah, I was more intrigued by the animated thing just stylistically i kind of hoped that the game would just look like that like be a crazy scribbly 2d metroidvania sort of deal or something uh this trailer kind of so unsold me a little bit like i'm still i'm still interested and i still want to play it but i'm i'm at like a six instead of an eight now or like a five instead of an eight yeah it, the, the the animated thing kind of felt to me like it was doing what Salt and Sanctuary did was taking that that Souls feel and putting in a two D perspective, and I really right. love the art style in that animated short. Um, it made me and feel. It made me think of like uh, that show, that Cartoon Network show, uh, Samurai Jack. That's kind of Samurai Jack. Yeah. yeah. The, my biggest my biggest fear, and I want to play Code of Van, and I hope it's good, because of the prepare to dine slogan and how it looks like Souls, but it doesn't quite look like Souls. Where, like you said, the yeah. the hits don't really look like a Souls hit, or they probably don't feel like that. I hope this isn't just a cash grab kind of thing where it's like, let's slap in some anime for anime fans and let's slap in the dark stuff for Dark Souls and the gameplay like Dark Souls. People will eat that crap up and they'll buy it, you know? Yeah. Because we're not getting when, a Souls when, game from From. It's it's really weird. I hope it's not that. When I saw the gameplay, it it, it made me feel like, you know, and I, I don't want to think of an example to like make it seem like I'm throwing something under the bus, but it, it definitely seemed like, oh, okay, this is, this is a high mid-tier action game instead of like god tier souls or uh i would say like bloodborne or neo like yeah you know it's more of like and i'm not saying that that the devil may cry games are bad but it's more like like a devil may cry bayonetta you know platinum -y sort of action vibe maybe yeah uh, meets dark souls you know which is like you know again not bad but less less my taste than a souls game you know but I mean, historically, Souls clones are hit and miss, hit or miss, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the thing is, this is like a fifty-fifty bet. I hope it's good. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. Like, it's one thing for the environments to be very Souls-like and dark and somber, but it's very weird for there to be the anime heroes and then all of the enemies still are dark. Like, you could have easily yeah. just made the 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 environments very dark and then both of them anim uh, them and the enemies anime, but it's just really right. weird that you chose one over the other. <laughs> really weird. yeah i don't know it's, it's very strange it's interesting it's going to be interesting how that game plays out and comes out and it's slated for next year which if you know bloodborne ends up coming out this year or next year it's going to be odd for them to have a game like that reset is you know mid-tier probably uh coming yeah. out next to you know the example it's basing itself off of god -tier, i think that said. they would i think that they would probably move it so it didn't come out <laughs> yeah around that i mean if they're smart they'd come out before um but since they just said the year and not a not a quarter um this this game might be like end of 2018 who knows also i just had a thought that maybe maybe the incongruous style of the art of the playable characters versus the enemies is to accentuate that they're not revenant or whatever they call the you know that they're more lifelike than the enemies that they still have like some blood in them because they're 
you know, they've got the, the, they're the vampire blood thing, and the other people have all basically gone hollow. I forgot what the terminology was, but maybe that's why they're doing it? I don't know. Also, I think that this is going toward, more towards a general audience. Still niche, but more general than Dark Souls, and maybe having mm. them be separated so far from everything else in the environment gives people a better indication when they run into NPCs that they are friendly, and they're not bad guys. Because, mm. you know... That's possible. Yeah, I don't know. There's plenty of design decisions that could be made. Uh, you know, publishers, we think, are smart, and you're like, yeah, maybe, maybe they'll make sure that Code Vein doesn't come out anywhere near Bloodborne 2. Oh, yeah. But, uh... One publisher that didn't do that is EA with Titanfall and Battlefield 1 coming out next to each other. And, yeah. you know, Titanfall 2 didn't sell very well. And we actually have a weird announcement related to that, uh, where Titanfall is getting a real-time strategy spinoff. Uh, it's a mobile game. Uh, and some of the features they actually mention on the website, uh, deploy your pilots and titans in fast-paced fluid battles, fight head-to-head in dynamic, uh, dynamic real-time strategy warfare, kind of all the buzzword key terms for, like, mobile games, upgrading your squad and all this stuff. It looks cool. Uh, a lot of times with mobile games, for me, it seems like if you're interested in the IP that's featured, you'll at least give it a try, right? Like Fire Emblem Heroes, I enjoyed for what it was. Yeah. Um, this Especially is Especially if it's free. Exactly. This is interesting. I, li- I like the universe of Titanfall, and any chance I have to play more of it, considering we probably won't get a third one, I'd assume, from Respawn, considering they're in the Star Wars wheelhouse now after Titanfall 2. Um, yeah. This is very interesting to me. I don't know if this was a move by Respawn, uh, because they own the IP, obviously, or if this was a move by the publisher. Uh, what do you guys think? Like, why did this game pop up? Why Why did we get Titanfall mobile game, of all things? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was weird. It, it felt like, oh, that's that's what they're doing with this. Okay. That, that was my reaction. I was kind of just, eh. And, and yeah. it could be cool. Um you know, like yeah, like you said, Fire Emblem Heroes was actually not a bad game, um, and then it, you know it uses an IP that I was familiar with too, so I like that. Um, this is interesting. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what else to say about it. I guess it's just I don't. I think this kind of to me confirms like you were hinting at that you know, we're probably not getting Titanfall three ever, um, which I'm neutral on. I never played. You know, I didn't play one or two, but kind of a sad thing it's, those are supposed to be really great games but i don't know I'm... it's really it, yeah i mean it's well first of all your segue from code vein into this was really good by the way. but uh <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh the i mean it could you never really know with stuff like this like it could have been just you know in the, the structure of their company like who knows but like maybe four or five people had some extra time and threw together a prototype in the company and they're like hey that's actually pretty cool let's let's you know dedicate a couple of months and, and make that you know like maybe it was literally just a hey we can so we did sort of a deal yeah. or yeah maybe it's maybe it's ea saying hey come up with something that we can make this titanfall property make us a little more money or uh, but again, like that's their fault for releasing it right next to uh, Battlefield. But like, yeah, it's it's interesting, and it's possible that they just in somewhere and again because I haven't played Titanfall one or two either. But like, uh, I heard Titanfall two is really good actually, and maybe they saw something in the mechanics in that game that they thought would translate really well into a game, and maybe it's like a passion project. Uh, I mean, it's all speculation. Who knows? I I. I question whether how well it will do. Yeah. Just because, you know, Titanfall, it's 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 a household name in that people have heard of it, but I don't know if it's a household name in that it's like, oh yeah, Titanfall, I love that right. world. Where, like, like Fire Emblem, I think like yeah, it's a niche more like Eastern aware audience maybe, but I think that that's a bigger crowd possibly. Uh, but yeah, the, and, and it's like Halo Wars. It's like how much crossover between FPSs and RTSs or whatever are there? I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's easy money too because we've seen, well, if you do it right, mobile games make yeah. a ton of money. And I think that though having an IP that people know can give you a great jump start, it like, I don't know if you've seen, but more people downloaded Super Mario Run than Fire Emblem Heroes, but Fire Emblem Heroes made 10 times as much money as Super Mario Run. Right, did. right. 
Right. Um, and with Titanfall Assault, I think that, yeah, it would help if it was a better-known IP, but if it's a good mobile game or if it catches on or they know how to show it to that market, it can boom. The other thing that's really cool is that Respawn did have a hand in this. I doubt, because it, it says developers uh, Respawn in Particle City, and then it was published by Nexon. Uh, so at least they yeah. had a hand in it somewhat, okay. so it is authentic to Titanfall. Um, how much of a hand they had in it when they're currently working on Star Wars, I don't know. I doubt they had much time to put into this mobile game, but really interesting. Odd story. I didn't think I would wake up today and see that Titanfall had a mobile game. If you told me pick a mobile game that was releasing for an IP, you know, but I never picked Titanfall. Ever. Well, and also, like, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes is an EA Oh, yeah. Good point. Product, you know? So it's like... EA is all about this. Galaxy of Heroes is making them lots of money, as far as I can tell. And, like, you know, why not? Exactly. Why not? We have this IP. <laughs> Don't let it rot. Makes money off of it. Yeah. So if, if you guys remember, uh, Activision bought the Candy Crush company um, for some, ab yeah, some absurd amount yeah. of money. Um, but didn't they recently announce they're going to do a Call of Duty mobile game, too? I feel like Probably. I read that oh. recently. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. I'll follow up. Activision. I mean, Chief. like, this makes. I mean, all the more I think about it, all of this makes total sense because yeah. it's like, it's just like, hit, try to hit every market. You have an IP already, mm -hmm. so that's just creative. You don't have to think up. Yep. So it's like that saves money. That saves time. You can iterate quicker, and then, especially if it's a world that you know can withstand and hold up a different gameplay idea. Yeah, it's a no-brainer, kind of. Like, it's... it's Even if it... Uh, I would say that even if the install base isn't huge, they probably will not lose money on this. Yep. Uh, you know, just just because, you know, enough people... Are, like, a million people or whoever are going to say, oh, yeah, I'll download it, it's free. And then, like, if 20,000 of them spend, you know five or six dollars then they'll be making cash i don't know i'm bad at math but <laughs> no i think also, you got a win-win because it's like Titanfall isn't that big of an ip where if this does fail it won't tarnish the brand because we're probably right. not getting another Titanfall. so it's like yeah let's try to earn money off of this yeah and their, their right. dev costs had to be real small i would think i mean yeah. i mean compared to titanfall 2 yeah right. oh yeah it's it's very interesting our first topic uh like i said this was a pretty souls uh heavy episode one of the coolest rumors yeah. that's going around as far as people who are into Souls is that the de developer's hiring for a new dark fantasy RPG. Now, this is interesting for a couple of reasons because, A, we've heard that they're not working on Souls anymore. Um, would you classify Bloodborne as dark fantasy? No, right? I, you could. Uh, I mean, technically it's cosmic horror, but yeah, I mean, you could call it whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so... Basically, what I want to talk about with this topic, because I know you're such a huge Souls guy, Ian, is do you think that this hiring is... What What do you think this hiring is for specifically, and what do you think From's next game is going to be? Obviously, we all want it to be Bloodborne too, but what do we think their next release is going to be? Um, the, the job listing, basically, the way this rumor came about is that they found a job listing for a company that From has done job hirings through before. Um, and mm. the the location is the exact location where From's located in in uh, in Japan. It's like oh, it's across the street from this whatever. And then if you go and look where From's located, it's the exact location. So it's a hundred percent that this is From hiring. Um, and mm -hmm. in the in the thing, it states like I said, they're hiring for a dark fantasy RPG. Um, they're looking for um, a two D artist with background and character creature design experience. Um, so mm. it's like totally Souls related, right? Um, yeah, so I just want you guys to take the floor and what do you guys think From's cooking up and what do you think this hiring is specifically for? I mean, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that Blood if Bloodborne 2 is happening, they've already started it like a while ago. Yeah. Uh, I think this would be for a Kingsfield. Oh. Uh, ooh. Hmm. Catch me uh, up. I'm not possibly, familiar. Possibly a VR Kingsfield, but who knows? Uh, first person. Uh, so it's like, you know, Legend of Grimrock? Yeah. Like a screen by screen dungeon crawler Kingsfield was sort of like that it was a precursor to uh, Dark Souls and oh, wow. I don't know if they were I don't know if they were under the name from software at the time um, that I'm not sure but I know that some of the same like it's got the same uh, you know background as far as some of the people and stuff they use they use some of the same lore I know that like that game had yeah. the moonlight sword I think or something like that mm -hmm. there are definitely little homages mm -hmm. 
Um, but, like, I would not be surprised if they put out um, a Kingsfield game, and I would not be surprised if it was VR or VR compatible. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, like, doing a VR game like that where you teleport forward of screen, you know, that's how, like, VR games that don't make you puke kind of work already. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, because if Miyazaki said that he's not doing Souls anymore, and, you know, maybe the rest of the team is going to do Souls, who knows, but, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Kingsfield. I also wouldn't be surprised if it's just something entirely new, uh, like, um, Souls-like, but different, like, different gameplay style, uh, like, my gut besides the Kingsfield thing is that they're going to the Souls-esque gameplay might continue in another Bloodborne game or similar game Okay. but I do think I think that they would uh, and if it is Dark Fantasy whatever but I think they might shake things up gameplay wise because uh, I think that they like to try new stuff sometimes who knows what were you going to say Don? I like that because um, yeah my, my initial thought was you know something new something different <clears throat> like you said yeah um, maybe just same kind of my my actually my thought was like same kind of gameplay but even a different setting from Dark Souls and from Bloodborne. I don't know what that would be. Um, maybe some. I think they might go forward through time some more. That, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Some at a different time, um, really. But I, I I like that idea of, of Kingsfield, especially in VR. That could be really cool. Um, but yeah, my gut or I, I hope it's Bloodborne too, right? Um, I think you yeah. you could classify that as dark fantasy. Um, yeah, I, I, you you're right. I think you really need the word cosmic in there somewhere. Even yeah. not, you know, I wasn't super in on all the lore, but yeah, there's definitely some cosmic Lovecraftian. Right. The reason I hope it's not Bloodborne Two is I hope that they're beyond the stage where they would need to hire a two D concept artist. Oh, okay, yeah, good point. Because <laughs> if point. They, if that's what they're doing, then that game's not coming out for two more years. You know. Do you think we would ever live in a full circle reality where From could possibly? make a berserk game it would be interesting do you think that would work It'd be interesting oh absolutely if they just basically did dark souls but it was berserk license yeah. like yeah i mean they've they've been doing it exactly <laughs> yeah it's it's just interesting to me to see like how how much it's influenced it and if it would yeah. come full circle and they would get the rights to it or like you know they're like hey you're obviously doing berserk do berserk you know yeah, because that's technically, the, he can say I'm not doing Souls because they're not doing Souls. So. Right. I mean, I would I would believe that they wouldn't want to because I just know how much he likes, and they all seem to really like making their own lore and being yeah. really, you know, uh, detailed about that kind of thing. And I would say that that could be an argument either for or against them doing a licensed product because either they don't want to do it because they like owning it and they like doing their own thing, or they would really love digging in and putting in all these details that fans would recognize, you know, like just little nods to side characters and, and lore and stuff. And I mean, the Berserk manga has more than enough to draw from, you know, so yeah, who knows? I wonder what arc they would do. Yeah, it's probably after Golden Age, but who knows? It's just a, an, an idea to throw out there, you know, <laughs> something. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, it's not far, it's not far-fetched. Uh, an interesting fact uh, in the article I got the, this news story from, they mentioned, I thought this was interesting because I didn't know about this, um, From Software has released a, at least one game every single year going all the way back to 1994. Um, that really surprised me. Yeah. But then you, you remember that they own Armored Core and like a few yep. other things that just kind of come out and no one's like, oh, hey. <laughs> so that's interesting to me because like we don't, we have had substantial DLC for Dark Souls 3, but they've released a like a full game every year so i don't know if they're breaking the thing or if we do get a game because they they've stated before they had three games in in development right yeah one of them was armored core for sure i think they said uh i forgot what the one of them was vr and then they said the third one they didn't say anything about the third one now we know it's i'm assuming this this uh dark i think it was yeah i think it was something uh they said one of them armored core one something along the lines of what we'd expect um, and then something newer, you know. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think what that means is Armored Core, Bloodborne Two, and then maybe a VR yes. Kingsfield. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. 
and I think that this hiring would be for a, the the Kingsfield. So do you think we see Armored Core then this year? Like, if we had a, or is it Bloodborne Two? I'm assuming, right? If we if we had to pick one of those three projects to come out this year, which one would be farthest along? Bloodborne Two? Not Bloodborne. You don't think Bloodborne? I think I wouldn't be surprised if we heard about both and then Armored Core came out first. Yeah, that could yeah. be. I mean, the the way the way it seems like things have to be working i'm looking at the list of their games right now and like release dates and stuff it seems like the way that it has to work over there is they've got three teams okay and they're agnostic like miyazaki's probably bouncing between them all uh and like definitely has his he's the director of you know one project at a time but he's overseeing probably all of them but uh you know it's got to be that because just Bloodborne coming out in, in March 2015 and Dark Souls 2 coming out in March 2014 and Miyazaki directing Bloodborne and not Dark Souls 2, you know, that would be an argument against Dark, or Bloodborne 2 coming out already because Miyazaki mm -hmm. directed Dark Souls 3. But, you know, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they've got, you know, teams, boots on the ground on multiple things at the same time. I have a question for you because I've often talked about how badly I... I, I hope none of From's games are, are console exclusive, but the Xbox owner in me kind of wants Xbox to have its own From exclusive, you know, kind of like a jab at Bloodborne because it's such a good game. <laughs> Do you think the reason they were so okay with doing Bloodborne as an exclusive was because they didn't own the IP? Do you think if... if do you think Microsoft could approach them to be like, hey, we want Armored Core exclusive, or do you think From's like, no, we'd only do new IP exclusive? Like, how do you think they'd handle that situation? Like, if they were approached by Microsoft? Because no doubt they had at least asked, right? Phil had to have asked. I wonder. I mean, I almost think that uh, From Software would probably be down. I think that Armored Core would fit better on... Like or something like Armored Core would maybe be a better fit on Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, just because there's been this pedigree uh, or like legacy of Souls-like games on the PlayStation, so since since uh, Demon Souls, it's kind of just been like even to the point that I have, I have a funny story about this. My I I tried and tried and tried to get my friend to play Dark Souls, uh, and he finally did, and he hated it. Even though I was <laughs> like, "What? This is." This is like you, the game. It's like, well, not even that. Like, I love it, sure. But, like, I'm like, this doesn't make sense from what I know of you oh, okay. and what your tastes are. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then and then I was like, well, what are you playing it on? And he was playing it on PC with an Xbox controller. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And I was like, and I was like, this is going to sound really stupid, but try it with a PlayStation controller? And then he did, and now it's one of his favorite series of all time. But and, like, that is just weird, but it's... I think there's something to it. I don't well, know. The, the I PC love port, The PC port was utter garbage um, of the first yeah. Dark Souls, so that might have been part of it. Blight time. Yeah, maybe he then frames. played it on a PlayStation. But, but uh, you know, it's just a weird thing because it like, because I've played them on with the Xbox controller too, and for me it just feels weird. Yeah. You know, and I'm not trying to sound like a fan person or whatever, but like, uh, I don't know, you know. But also, I think that if if Sony caught wind of Microsoft trying to buy a Souls-like uh, exclusivity from From, they would they would drop a plane full of money on From's <laughs> doorstep and just and just say no, no, no. Yeah. Because I, I and I I think Microsoft kind of just knows that they've like Sony's got this one. Exactly. Like, I think it would be yeah. I think it would be weird. Although it might for that exact reason, it might be a great play because. I would have to buy an Xbox Scorpio. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. You know, Armored like I would core. have to. God. Or it's Souls like yeah. yeah. Um it's it's weird to me cuz like for me I I love the offset joysticks. Like and to me playing Souls on uh DualShock would feel probably feel weird to me. So it's just funny sure, taste-wise yeah. and everything. Uh, it's probably it's also like to. yeah, what you're used to exactly. And like Dom said that the the Dark Souls on PC was not necessarily super great as far as performance right. and everything uh like well and every pc person most pc people probably play it with xbox controllers yeah that's true too yeah. you know um but i mean like i love the ps4 controller my second favorite controller of all time is this one the the switch pro controller and that has offset joysticks yeah you know i think this controller is fantastic 
That's why I was like, but, so uh, excited when they showed it off because I was like, oh, yes, I'm so excited to play with the uh, offset joystick Xbox-like yeah. controller because that's like, my favorite type yeah. of controller. So. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. It's weird. Um, I think that's it for, every, for everything regarding From's next game. Uh, Dom, you wanted to talk about Couch Co-op. You said you've been playing Mario Kart. Yeah, so like I said, I've been loving Mario Kart 8 on the Switch. Um, it's bringing me back to that place of Couch Co-op that I haven't haven't had you know in years you know since probably middle school um, so it just it just got me thinking um, so in, in my head now like I don't think there's a better couch co-op experience uh, than Mario Kart and this is you know exclusively where everyone's playing not you know not a, like a streaming or a, you know your one person's playing someone else is watching something like that I'm specifically like you know two or more people are playing a game together so looking back to me some of the big ones for me, were uh, Mario Kart on N64. Uh, obviously, tons of time I put into that, and a couple of the Mario parties I loved. And I'm actually really excited for. Uh, I'm assuming they make one for the Switch. I'm pumped to get back into that too. Um, oh, that'd be fun. I, I, I think the the Wii U one. I think a lot of people were less than. Uh, it was weird. Yeah. It right. was very it was weird. weird. Yeah. But yeah, I loved those. If they games. put out. If they put out Super Mario Maker on the Switch too. Oh, yeah, that could be oh, cool man. too. Oh man, yeah. Really, I mean, even though the touch screen on the Switch is a little weird, but whatever. Yeah, that, yeah. they'd have to figure that out. But the, the Switch yeah. in general and Mario Kart 8, it's really got me like thinking, like, man, like, Couch Co-op is fantastic. Like, this is a great way to play games, and we don't really have this so much anymore. Um, I look back, like I said, Mario Kart, Mario Party. Um, I mentioned before when we talked about Star Wars games, me and my brother together played so much of the original Battlefront um, Couch Co-op um, in. In Halo 5, they took out, uh, you know, a split-screen multiplayer. That was another big one in Halo's, you know, 1, 2, and 3. So much time spent playing uh, couch co-op. Um, the early Call of Duty is the same thing. I'm not sure if they do that anymore, if they also took out split-screen. But um, those are a couple of the big ones for me, really. Um, what? So from your guys' perspective, what are your favorite couch co-op games, I guess? Let's go with that. Uh, you uh, first game? <laughs> sure. Uh, a recent one, Puyo Puyo Tetris, I just adore. And uh, now that it's out in English, because my, my roommate Omar imported the Japanese one uh, two years ago or whenever that came out, like a million years ago. Uh, you know, and we were playing it a lot, and we didn't know what the hell was going on because <laughs> neither of us speaks Japanese or reads Japanese at all. So we didn't know what the game modes were. We, we just kind of guessed which mode we were playing and like what we were doing, uh, you know, and we still had a great time. Uh, but now that it's in English and I actually know what the modes do, it's even better. Um, my favorite though ever is Samurai Gun. Uh, and it's a crime that uh, it's not out on PlayStation or anything yet. I, I bug Bo sometimes when I see him because I'm friends with him who made it. And like, I'm like, dude you know get it on the ps4 or whatever and he's like yeah i will someday <laughs> maybe i don't know like i don't even know if that's confirmed or what but like i just wish it was on a console so more people would play it because i think that game is beautiful it's genius it's interesting because to me all of my memories of my favorite couch co-op experiences are either all nintendo or shooters and for yeah, me it's that like where i was yeah. yes melee on gamecube Oh, one duh. of my favorite games of all time. I forgot about Smash. Fuck me. Yeah, Smash is probably my favorite co uh, catch co-op game of all time. Uh, the Halos, uh, yeah. uh, Halo, especially Halo 2 and Halo 3, playing those co-op. Um, the first game I ever owned for my Xbox 360 was the first Gears, and I played that yeah. co-op with my best friend who lived next door. So that was a really cool experience. Um, I always get the name wrong. I always I always say Time Splitters, and I believe what I'm always trying to refer to is Time Crisis, the arcade machine, the arcade cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Playing that co-op with somebody next to you, putting in a couple of quarters and playing that was pretty fun. Except when your friend was the D-bag and he would put the controller, the gun up to the screen. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I hated yeah. that. Um, but yeah, like, couch co-op kind of did disappear for a while. We've had a resurgence with Overcooked. Uh, one that you didn't talk about now, but you mentioned uh, before we started recording, Ian, was Snipper Clips. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so that game looks like a really fun time. I haven't had the chance to play it. Mario Kart, obviously... Um, I think, you know, it's, I think it's a lost art. People complain that Halo 5 didn't have it and they're bringing it back for the next one. And I, I really think that, you know, the Switch is going to be a huge thing for that. You know, I think it's going to be a, 
it's going to be um beneficial to the couch co-op community and the, the fandom i really hope the next mario party is good because uh, yeah. the one that came out yeah. for wii u was very disappointing people hated it some weird gameplay choices some weird game mode choices the whole bowser mode um but I do think they're going to bounce back. And we still have some ports that can come over that could potentially do good as well. So hopefully Smash yeah. comes over. I really hope Smash oh, gets yeah. ported. Or just a new one. I just one. hope they... Yeah, a new one. I hope that'll be a few years away, though, I think. But yeah. I, I just hope that they get Virtual Console going on oh, the Switch. Baby. Oh, baby. Yeah. Because, oh, man, like, I would buy so many yeah. things. GameCube? It would be a problem. <laughs> yeah, I would buy, like, I would buy so many things. It, it, like if they announced that at E3 this year, even though they're not really huge at E3 anymore, but like, oh god, I'm gonna be in trouble. Well, the thing is, I think Nintendo finally learned. Like, people buy our handhelds, they're hit or miss with our console, but everyone loves our IP. So how about we just yeah. merge our two things together and put our all of our IP on one thing? That, yeah. that eliminates a lot of problems. That eliminates people feeling as if they have to buy two different things for two different types of experiences, and it eliminates uh, it eliminates uh, their empty catalog. People had a problem with Wii U going dry spells for months and months and months. Yeah, and yeah. One of the interesting things, I don't know if, who you're, if you're familiar with Emily Rogers, Ian. She's like a you know a Nintendo leaker on Twitter. She does leaks, yeah. Yeah. She was talking about how the the schedule, how uh, for the schedule, there's they have a big release hitting every month. So for May, mm -hmm. it's Minecraft. Uh, I forgot what uh, June, June is ARMS. July is Splatoon. Uh, mm -hmm. I forgot what August is, and then there's Rabbids, also the the Rabbids Mario yeah. game. There's like they have, oh, a, God. they have a game for every month. Uh, hopefully, Xenoblade Chronicles two December, and uh, I think they're spacing it out well, and that helps because they have all of their their developers working on hopefully working on one thing. We've seen some weird 3ds announcements, which are odd, but um, hopefully they have their whole catalog on the Switch. And like you said, the Virtual Console man, they're gonna make so much money off of that once it launches. Jesus. One. Well, to me, the genius of the Switch 2 is, and I know they haven't, they didn't want to freak people out, so they haven't said, like, this is replacing the 3DS, but, like, uh, the genius of it is, yeah, their handhelds don't do well in the West, comparatively, and their consoles are, like, less of a hit in Japan than their console, or than their handhelds, so, like, this is a thing that'll hit both in the West and in Japan, theoretically, I haven't seen Japanese numbers on it, but I know the Switch is selling, like, hotcakes, but, like, you know, if if they've done it and they pull it off, like two years from now, they yeah, going forward they just have this one killer machine that's both a handheld and a console, and it's just brilliant. And yeah, if they if they start spacing it out and get Virtual Console on there, it's oh, they're gonna take over. And, it, and then, uh, and I hit on this when ahead. I talked about Mario Kart that it comes. I know a lot of people will be like, well, not really, but it does come with two controllers right out of the box, right? Um, yeah. At least you know, at least good enough for most couch co-op games. Yeah, that Nintendo releases, and that's I think a big deal. Um, even though it's you know the tiny little Joy Cons, I think that's a, a thing. I mean, what, when was the last time that we saw a console come with two controllers? You know, uh, yeah. two inputs for yeah. people to play. However, you know, however much of a, a workaround the Joy Cons really are, that's technically is two controllers. I think N sixty four had some two controller packages. If I'm maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like I'm remembering the that. The weird untapped market, too, is imagine how much money they're going to make when they start releasing all of the Pokemon Amiibos. You know that's going to happen. They're going to start uh, releasing yeah. a, a section of Pokemon Amiibos, and you're going to have to collect yeah. all 151. It's going to be... Those things are going to sell like crazy. Dude, Ugh. if they do if they do Skylanders or whatever with Pokemon, oh, oh. Oh, God, yeah. It's, gonna it's, be... it's evil, <laughs> but they're going to make so much money. Um, I really want to... Well, like, I think... I really want a Pokemon uh, Snap 2 going off of that. Sorry to interrupt you. I really <laughs> want a Pokemon Snap 2. Pokemon so Snap on the Switch would be great. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, Jared, I think you said this before, but, uh, uh, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, uh, waiting, waiting on the Switch for a bundle. I think that, like, it's a no-brainer for them to do 1-2 Switch or something mm -hmm. bundled in on uh, Black Friday, you yeah. know, maybe. Like... Because one two switch should have come with this blasted thing, like fifty dollars for that game. Like it's a fun ridiculous, game, but come yeah. on, it's ridiculous. Like I bought it because my dad was in town, and I was like, this will be cute. But like, oh god. But yeah, that that should just come with it. And if they do bundles with that later, that'd be good. Even a Snipperclips bundle, get that. Snipperclips is a brilliant game. Yeah, it'd be so. Snipperclips fun. is only twenty dollars, and it's way better value than one two switch, <laughs> which is like twice the price plus ten dollars. But like, oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the pricing structure for some of those games, odd. Uh, on so unrelated weird. note, uh, Black Ops 2 came to backwards compatibility, right, this month for Xbox, actually this week. I'm not huge into Call of Duty that much anymore. My friends were playing it because they had their old discs, right? And I was like, oh, maybe I want to play some Call of Duty with my friends, an old Call of Duty I haven't played in forever. I don't own Black Ops 2. I haven't bought a Call of Duty in almost 10 years now. I go to look how much it is. $50. Dang Whoa. Activision. I'm like, oh, my God. On the, on the digital store on Xbox? Yeah, I was like, Man. $50. That's insane. Yeah, it's a different side. They're taking that Nintendo pricing structure of never dropping prices. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go buy I it hope... at a used game shop for probably 10 bucks. Right. Uh, yeah. Before we close out, do you think we're getting Virtual Console this year? Both of you guys? Yes. Yeah. A few, few games, but they'll start yeah. to trickle it out. If they're if they're if suddenly Nintendo gets wise and they're just like good at it and they figure out the back end like, because there's not much reason that it couldn't just like here's Virtual Console with like pretty much everything that was on the Wii U, yeah. Uh, but but like yeah, I think it'll happen this year. Otherwise, it's a real shame. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for listening to this week's Controlled Interest Gamecast. Before we go, we'll talk about real quick uh, what we're going to be playing next week. Short list for me, I'm going to be playing Prey, trying to get the review out ASAP. Uh, really interesting game from Bethesda. It's not getting talked about a lot, but has some really interesting mechanics. Gives me a lot of Darkness vibes. I don't know if you guys remember that game. A lot of Bioshock vibes. I love sci-fi. I'm a sucker for sci-fi. So really intrigued yeah, I've heard to it's very it System Shock. Ooh, yeah, that gets me excited. Um, and I'm also going to be watching Guardians, which I think the whole world is. Uh, outside of that, I have nothing that I'm like set to do, so we'll just see what else I get to playing and watching and stuff. So, what about you guys? I'm gonna be on more Salt and Sanctuary probably. Um, hopefully, at this time next week, I'll have the Horizon Platinum, and I can move on from that. As much <laughs> as I've loved it, I'm ready to get on to something else. Uh, and then I'll definitely be playing more Mario Kart too. So. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing Guardians tonight. I'm. Uh, yeah, probably gonna be playing some more Mario Kart. Uh, Trying to beat near Automata, uh, my god, and then uh, get all the shrines in Zelda, and then I'll probably get back into Persona 5. Whether or not that's all this week, <laughs> who's to say? I like the, the long, huge question um, mark at the end of that. Persona yeah. 4? Persona 5, I It's mean? like, well, the thing with Persona 5, like we were talking about, is like, it's just such a time sink, and it's like, do I want... It's a choice, you know, at this yeah. point in my life where it's like, I really want to see this. I really want to see these characters and experience this and like tra-la-la. But on the other hand, like, I could think of so many more productive things I could do with that 120 hours, you know? And like, <laughs> I've got some projects that I'm working on that are going to start taking up more time soon. And it's just like, uh, all right, well, we'll see what I do. The That game would benefit a lot from being on the Switch too. You know, being yeah, able to play I was just thinking that. Stuff, yeah. I was just thinking that because like, anytime I'm playing that, I gotta I gotta take ownership of the projector, you know, and yep. like, you know, it's a whole thing. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you can, let everybody know where they can find you if they don't already know. Oh uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Ian Hink, uh, which is CK, uh, and uh, I'm from Easy Allies, which is like this weird gaming entertainment collective <laughs> deal from all the people that used to be game trailers. Most of the people, I guess. Uh, EasyAllies.com, Patreon.com slash EasyAllies, YouTube.com slash EasyAllies, Twitch.tv slash EasyAllies. If you type EasyAllies, you'll find it uh, in pretty much anything. Uh, yeah, uh, give, it, give it a glance. Also, a glance. didn't you guys get a thing from Open Critic for like the most trustworthy review yeah. place or something like that? It was voted yeah. on? Wasn't yeah. Something like that? It, well, it was, it, I guess, if I understand it correctly, uh, users of Open Critic can basically like put in their preferences like their own most trusted reviewers uh and uh we just happen to be the top that's pretty cool one that the users had cited i guess is how that works uh yeah which is pretty great pretty cool for us we were re- all really proud of that uh we like open critic i mean like you know we're not like being paid to say anything about them <laughs> but, like I, I really like i like that uh I like them. I think they're cool, and I like the way they do things. So, yeah, that, that was rad. <laughs> yeah, I saw that randomly. I was like, that's cool, you know? Because you guys haven't been around for so long. Well, you guys have been around for a while, but Easy Allies as a yeah. brand, you know? It's really cool. Well, and I, yeah, I, mean, I, I really do think that 
I mean, I cut I cut some of these reviews, and I, Jones cuts most of ours, and I think he does a really good job editing it. And I mean, Ben and Huber and and you know Bloodworth and now Brad and stuff like, and and Brandon, they all do really great work when it comes to review scripts. I think that they really pour a lot of thought into them, you know. And yeah. I may not always agree with our own scores, uh, but uh, I really think that for that person, that is their honest truth, and like you know. You know, like, I think that, you know, Ben is harder on some games and this and that, and, like, there are differences, you know? But I think that that's, uh, if you know the person, that it's really great. And I really think I trust our reviews a lot. Uh, I listen to the guys, and I know that, like, if you get to know the guys, uh, you can say, like, okay, this guy's tastes are like this. Yep. So if he thinks this about this game... I will probably think this about this game, you know? So, like, I can now go, okay, Huber loves this, uh, and he says this and this about it, so it's like, okay, I'm going to love this game, or I do not need to play this game. Or, like, you know, Ben says this about this game, which for me means this, you know? Like, yeah. I think that's how you should pretty much take anything in. Exactly, you I should find that... somebody who's, from like, kind of the same, not the same as you, but similar when it comes to reviews, yeah. 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 What's like I wouldn't I wouldn't go I wouldn't read Bossman's review of Dark Souls. I wouldn't read your review <laughs> of Call of Duty. I wouldn't read yeah. uh Huber's review of The Witness cuz I know those aren't your guys's necessarily your favorite things to do, you know. Right. So, yeah. Well, and that's why it's so funny when people get like weird about, you know, they're like, "Oh, but Ben loves Persona. He shouldn't review Persona." And I'm like, "What? That's the exact <laughs> opposite of what's logical." Exactly. Like because like Damiani loves Zelda so much, he's gonna be harder on it. Like yeah, yeah. I would give Zelda five stars just because I'm like, hey, it's got problems, but whatever, I'm having a blast, you know. Yeah. Like, but he's gonna look at it with a super critical and very knowledgeable eye of someone who loves this series, and then he can, you know, give you a, you know, because like yeah, I hate Call of Duty. I'm gonna give that game a two. <laughs> but you don't want to hear. You don't want to hear from me exactly with Call of Duty because I'm not you. I'm not a person who likes Call of Duty, well, just like Huber doesn't like The Witness, and I would give that a five. You know, like I think that yeah, exactly. The, the area of priority is are they trustworthy, and you definitely want right. them to like the game. If they're trustworthy, then you should listen to somebody who loves the franchise or loves the the developer because you know they're going to give you the most honest opinion because going back to a right. you're you know they're trustworthy so yeah i thought it was a really cool yeah. word i think you guys deserved it the reviews we do i've only done two of them but i do your guys's are like a heavy inspiration for like my editing style obviously i throw in some of our own personal flair because i don't want it to be here's an easy allies review with a different name but like <laughs> as far as like the structure of how you guys do it i really like that i really like the music flows mm. and using the, the the ost and stuff like that so I, yeah, yeah. I really like how you guys do stuff, and I doubt anybody Thanks. listening doesn't know who Easy Allies is. So, but if you don't, you know where to find Ian and find those guys. Um, yeah, thank you yeah. for joining us for episode fifty-eight. We'll catch you guys next week. We're gonna have a lot of um, E3 coverage coming up. Uh, Ian's gonna join us for the PlayStation conference talk, which is gonna be really cool. And yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. We'll catch you guys next week.